Welcome back to another episode of the Huxley Morton podcast, the show where each week we speak to pharma company owners and industry leaders sharing their stories of personal and professional growth. Uh, as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Adam Walker. How are you doing, Adam? Very well, thank you, James. Great to see you again. Good stuff, good stuff. And we are joined by Thomas Ryan, CEO at Navigator Bio. Um, Tom, I, I, you reached out to me a while ago back via, via LinkedIn. Um, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, both James and Adam. Uh, great to be here. Uh, really excited uh, about what you're doing. Uh, I'm just grateful for the opportunity to connect with you on LinkedIn and uh, yeah, looking forward to the discussion today. Thank you again. Perfect stuff. Well, look, um, uh, Tom, I, I know when you first reached out, I, I think I thought there was a bit of confusion, didn't I? Um, because I was kind of like, I better just highlight that I'm, a, I'm running a recruitment business. I don't know whether, you know, he's, he's understood what I, I, I do. Uh, but look, to, to add some context to that, um, give us a quick overview of, yeah, your role, Navigator Bio, and a quick overview, snapshot of, of what you guys do. Yeah, 100%. Thank you again. Uh, so um, Tom Ryan, uh, CEO of Navigator Bio, we kicked off Navigator Bio just over four years ago. Actually, we celebrated our fourth anniversary on October 4th, just a few weeks back. Uh, and we started the organization really as a contract business development group uh, for life science service pro providers and specialty CROs. Uh, I work for a company called Eurofin Central Laboratory. And it was there that I would see, I would go to conferences and I would see quite a few groups that would have a great service offering. It could have been anything from patient recruitment uh, to an artificial intelligence platform for drug discovery and a lot in between. That would have that great service offering, but maybe they didn't have any business development services whatsoever, or they could use an enhancement to their business development and marketing approach. Mm -hmm. uh, I saw it enough. I wish I could tell you I was this, you know, uh, born entrepreneur and I'm going to find a way to, to, to you know, to, to get out there and do something on my own. Uh, but it was it was more genuine to just say that this very specific need just kept coming up. And despite all of my wife's wishes of stepping away from the 401k and the large company, uh, we did decide to do it on October 4th uh, in uh, 2017. Uh, and really started as that contract business development organization where we were just uh, working with these groups, doing anything we could to help with their sales pipeline. Uh, we've since matured since then to, to other areas, which I can touch upon. Um, but to answer your question more directly on why that LinkedIn uh, reach out, uh, this is, comes with a lot of stress. Uh, any, any startup does, but uh, this one certainly is, uh, is in that category. But one of the big benefits we have is that we can talk to just about anybody in the life sciences space, I find, and find a, a way that uh, either we hopefully can help them out or that there might be an opportunity uh, where they can help one of our clients out, which I absolutely love about this position is that we just connect with uh, a number of just amazing folks uh, that run the range of, uh, of life sciences. It's spot on, um, Tom, and uh, that's exactly how Adam and I first connected was via LinkedIn, a bit of just general networking, jumped on a, a Zoom call. And I think sometimes when you're yeah, you've taken that risk, you are prepared to just go out of your way and do that, that networking to find out what might come of it. I think sometimes when you're tied to a, a desk via a, an organization that, you know, have power over you, you don't have that freedom. And I think that maybe takes away from that level of, of creativity that, that comes with, um, I think, perhaps what all three of us um, do, because we've all stepped away from that 
401k or, or the pension plans um, from companies here in, in the UK. I know Adam regularly talks about it, but um, yeah, it's just interesting that that came about in, in that way. It's true. It sounds it sounds like you're you're an active risk taker, Tom, as much as uh, wanting to create your own story rather than someone else create that story for you. Well, uh, yeah, very well said, and, and that's certainly a big part of it. Uh, and um, you know, to, to feel to have that control aspect, and I'll talk out of both sides of my mouth. You, you feel like that initial piece, you're taking control, and then there's a lot of other things that that happen that are, yeah. unfortunately are out of your control as an entrepreneur. But uh, that, that's where it's at, right? That there's the rub, right? And if you can find a way, take, you're never going to be able to control all of it. But if you can take the majority of those factors, whatever they might be, if there's 10 of them, if there's 25 of them, but if you can control a majority of those, then I feel like you're living a normal life as an entrepreneur. Uh, it becomes difficult maybe when you're not managing things to the optimal level that you know in your head that they can be done mm. uh, or it gets exciting. Um, and then to be perfectly candid is, uh, you know, from a financial standpoint is that if you get that right, then, then there's, there's uh that's where the benefit can be, right? So it's, um, but it's always that challenge, especially when you have uh, multiple moving parts. One of the things that I'm amused by is uh, my family members who say, wow, it's, it's so cool that you started your own business. You don't have any bosses. You don't have a boss. And I always just find that just amazing. I don't have a boss. I have about 17 bosses, right? So it's actually, <laughs> in my opinion, goes the other way, uh, especially if you're working with clients and partners and to my, the way I view things, employees as well uh, can be bosses also. Well, there we go. There's one of them now. There's, there's probably one <laughs> of them trying to reach you right now. <laughs> right on cue. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I, I know exactly what you mean. And I often see sort of posts via LinkedIn about, you know, as a business leader, people do think, oh, you're the boss or, you know, you can do what you want. But actually, you end up doing so much more for your team and for your employees. It, it's like you work for them, you know, because you need to be able to facilitate them to, to be able to do their job. Um, but before we get into to that, so side of things Tom and uh, I guess what was going through your head uh, when you pulled the trigger on it just talk us through I guess your background um, whether it was always business development and, and how you landed in the world of, of life sciences to start with. Sure thank you uh, so I graduated from the University of Scranton in uh, Pennsylvania and my first position was with a, a telemarketing company in midtown Manhattan uh, this is not an experience that I would uh, not wish on my worst enemy. Uh, just kind of a funny story. And what got me through it is that there was about 10 other guys that were uh, similar age to me. So we were kind of all in the, in the thick of it together, so to speak. But uh, yeah. this was true old school sales. They would have us come into the office in the morning, let's say about 8.30 by 8.45 or no later than 9 a.m. You were kicked out of the office and told not to return until you had 50 business cards in your hands, which would have taken- That is incredible. You know what, Tom? That's exactly how I started out in London, yeah. walking the streets into buildings. I'm going for a meeting at this company, get the, the finance director's name or whatever. And it's, oh, I, I look back on it now. I'm like, what a time, what a time. It's amazing and how much you learn, right? So it's tough, right? That's probably the, the biggest learning lesson. And I, till this day, have it, right? You have those frustrating days, frustrating afternoons, and it's like you have to just keep going, right? 
you have to keep knocking on that door. You have to turn your phone off when you're. Uh, <laughs> There's a theme already, Tom. You're styling it out well. You're styling it out well. Yeah, here's an important piece. In those days, nobody called me back. And now, ironically, people are, are calling. But um, it was all uh, all cold calling. And uh, it just took quite a bit of persistence uh, was the number one thing. But then in, in a minute, right, you had to you know demonstrate to somebody why they would want to speak to you longer about how you're going to save 10% off of their telecom bill, right? Like mm. that was the biggest worry that day, right? It's not at all. So how do you create that need? How do you create value? How do you create almost an instant rapport and yes. things that I uh, still look back on today? And, and it was just a, a great learning lesson. And I was fortunate to have those nine or 10 guys that we would work really hard throughout the week. And then Thursday night, inevitably, we would end up at one of the, the jaunts there in Midtown Manhattan uh, to share our, our war story, so to speak. So that's where it started. But more specifically, I was fortunate to work for a gentleman by the name of Rob Green. And now it's 20 some odd years later. And if my uh, uh, life was on the line in a sales call, Rob Green would be clearly my number one pick to, uh, to handle that sales call. He was just a true mentor for me, uh, really in every way. He could handle a sales call. He talked constantly about being organized, about you know, doing the follow-up the right way. Um, and uh, he had had a medical device background. So he was always in my ear to say, you know, you know, if you're looking for maybe a little bit more of a professional sale or a little bit more of a longer term career in this area, medical devices might be an opportunity for you. So I was fortunate to have interviewed and took on a position at that time for Tyco Healthcare. And mm. it was an interesting time to join Tyco Healthcare. It was right around the time that Dennis Kowalski was having some challenges with running the organization. So I was there for about a year, year and a half before they underwent one of the largest, I think at the time it was the largest rebranding uh, in the history of the United States when they changed Tyco to uh, Covidian. Right. And I worked as a uh, sales rep originally out of uh, Westchester, New York, and then managed a sales team out of Columbus, Ohio. Uh, that was an excellent job. I just loved it. Um, you know, life sciences, just a quick sidebar is you're really fortunate, right? You're working with people for the most part who have made this decision. Number one, they're very, very bright. So they have a lot of options, but they've made this decision to take on a position that can impact people's lives, right? Whether that's a nurse or a physician or a scientist, they've made a really interesting decision. So you have that inherent quality in these people that you're interacting with, that you're calling upon. They're just really good people. So I've always thought of that, that I've been fortunate to, uh, you know, not that there's not good people in finance or, or other categories, but I think we really benefit from that in the life sciences space. Agreed. No, I have to have to agree with that. And I've said the same to, to Adam when talking about my background and, you know, switching from, you know, engineering and construction type recruitment to life sciences now. And I've just said, the main difference is the people. They just seem to be just nicer just like there's they're just a nice bunch to deal with whether they're buying from me recruiting with me or not you know it's just all very casual and yeah I, I you know I've, I've certainly liked that side um of things but yeah I, I guess I can certainly relate to to your background there uh Tom having done the the foot-based canvassing to, to grab my leads and call them and you know that's you know pretty cutthroat but as you say it's that camaraderie that kind of gets you through and then you live on the, the Thursday and Friday night stories so um yeah it's it's uh, I'm, I know I wouldn't change it for anything um that's kind of made me 
who I am uh, today um, and why I think it does give you a set of balls, really, um, which has allowed me to start my business. But so bring us on to, to Navigator Bio. So 2017, um, obviously, you must have had had the chat with the missus and, and said, look, I've, I've identified this this need. It keeps coming up. I think that my skill set is is good for it. Um, but what was what was really going through your head at that point? Because I know that any half decent BD or, or sales rep is typically earning decent money. Um, so to step away from that, there's normally a lot of things going in, on inside your head. I know there was for me when I left my former company because I was like, like, everyone told me I'd be stupid to do it. And you know, certainly some points over the first six months of starting the business, I thought that they were right. But talk me through, talk me, talk me through that experience for yourself, Tom. Yeah, sure. So thank you. And um, yeah, maybe just to quickly complete the story. So following Covidian, I did work for a couple of life science companies, but but ended at Eurofins, as I was saying there. Mm. I was just fortunate to attend uh, quite a few conferences where I would see these potential clients. But uh, I guess one of the core areas, number one, it was it was truly that need, right? And there was enough volume there. These are large conferences, right? This is bio, this is DIA, where you literally have dozens and dozens of service providers. And I thought the percentage of those groups that could benefit from this hybrid type business development model, business advisory, was significant enough that uh, that I just thought it was a really, you know, not so niche, right? I felt like it was a big kind of wide landscape to, to pick from there. And then this was a really important part is that I wanted to place my chips on what I felt like I was good at. The organization I had worked previously and not to, to, to knock anyone was an awesome experience, but from a business development standpoint, they would put a lot of pressure on us to understand the protocols, to understand the true details, some of the scientific aspects of what these clients are trying to accomplish. And I always thought to myself, like, you don't want me in that spot, right? I'm not a scientist. I don't have that technical background. I want to go out and talk to, to everybody, right? I want to knock on those doors like I did for that telecom company in Manhattan. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's where I felt like, okay, if I can provide that service and do the networking back to why you and I originally connected and do the networking and kind of get a quick understanding of what these people are trying to accomplish, I felt like I could get further ahead doing that versus just kind of staying in that one lane, doing exactly what this group was asking me to do, especially when it came to the technical aspect. So hmm. I guess sometimes you'll hear that argument, right? And even as an entrepreneur, you're running your own business. It's like, do I, do I, under, do I spend time trying to become an accountant or really understanding the books? Or do you focus on what you're good at and just pay somebody to do those things that you may not be totally comfortable on, on more of the latter? right, of just staying where you want to be comfortable and finding the right people to handle the aspects that may not come as natural to you. Um, but that was an inherent reason why Navigator Bio was started. I thought if you could just kind of build a community and have that network set up where what we're trying to do now is have relationships with 50, 75, or 100 phase two, phase three biotech companies, understand what they need, and then have a portfolio of service providers standing behind us that can provide that technical acumen that can deliver the message on an artificial intelligence platform for drug discovery, mm -hmm. uh, and that we would be in a good spot and we're kind of matchmaking, right? And that's something that I just feel very comfortable with and, and gets us gets me excited. You, you mentioned you mentioned a couple of things there, Tom, that, that stood out for me. <clears throat> Excuse me. The 
you know the platform in which you're you're describing this you mentioned about an artificial intelligence platform but also on the on the back of finding finding a niche in these big conference settings so i've been to many of those conferences that you mentioned as well and they're all buyers aren't they so you've got a captive audience of several thousand buyers whether they're pharma biotech whatever they want but they all need services and they all need a supplier or, or someone to to, to pull, pull it together for them by the sounds of what you're describing. How, did, how have you extrapolated that out into an AI platform that supports that? Have I yeah. heard that correctly? Did I get that correct? No, and it's, it's, I apologize. I, I didn't articulate it properly, Adam. My apologies. So one of our clients has an AI platform for drug discovery, right? Uh-huh. So if you want to talk to them about using an AI platform, like they're terrific and they have the right technical guys, hard, multiple Harvard graduates there, but you still need somebody to take that platform, take that messaging and go knock on those doors, right? Just to continue yeah. to use that analogy to bring people back to it and say, okay, you know, this is, you, you do want to work in artificial intelligence for drug discovery. You see the value there. You have numerous companies to choose from. We think you should use, you know, XYZ company for that. So um, apologies for not being. No, no, no. I think it was my misunderstanding. But, but nevertheless, I mean, what what's very interesting is what you're describing is effectively being specialists in opening those doors, opening the right doors, bringing the right people around the table to then take it to the next level. Because having worked in life science and drug development, when you described about the protocols and being that technical guy, that's probably me. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's very interesting as well is that those people generally don't tend to be the, the strongest communicators. They're very factual, they're very objective, and I'm, I'm going to generalize, you know, they don't always necessarily happen to be the, you know, the, the strongest communicators. Right. So they need people with your skill set and those of, uh, within Navigator Bio that can open those doors for them, presumably. And that's really where that sweet spot is for you guys. That's, that's exactly right. And we're trying to do a better job now of uh, I'm certainly guilty early on of being so widespread. We can cover everything, right? These big aspirations. We want to cover all of North America. And we do. But we're really starting to learn now is um, both from a, a geographic standpoint, really over the last 18 to 24 months, we've called, I live in Connecticut, we've called the Northeast Corridor our home, right? So there's yeah. enough business in Boston, Cambridge to keep you busy for for probably years on end. So we're trying to be more specific there, build our familiarity so people know, oh, I'm not sure which service provider to go to. You know, maybe you should reach out to Navigator Bio. If they don't have somebody in their portfolio, they may know somebody who, who would be able to help you out. And then one step further, a little bit more detailed is the right conferences too, right? Which yes. are the right uh, events or conferences to attend where you're gonna start to see people frequently. Yes. One yes. thing that we're talking about and sorry to be so long-winded is, um, in this business, you know, it's like in the telecom business, you could get lucky, you could walk in, you find the right guy, right Friday afternoon, this looks great, you're going to save me 10%, let's sign a deal, and you could go back to the office, and, and you're the champion. Uh, that's not going to happen in life sciences, it like, doesn't. right? There needs to be that level of comfort, people need to understand where your brand is coming from, what you're trying to accomplish, what you've done before. So that's been a bit of a learning lesson for us that I think we, early on, we were kind of trying to be that hero, go out get as many meetings as possible, get the RFP, get the deal done. And now we're talking quite a bit more about brand building. And the reason I had circled over to that is like being at the right conferences so that you see somebody last week, they had the CNS summit in Boston. Correct, and I'll see a lot of those same people at JP Morgan in January. And then I'll see them again in scope down in Florida in February. 
and that you know frequency really allows you to build the relationship the right way yeah absolutely definitely i think well certainly anything that is business and sales relation uh related is always going to come down to relationships that's what it's all about and if you know just that consistency that you know recurring you know meetups etc it just helps with that it's just natural you can't get away from that um so look i understand that and uh, it probably leads me on to my kind of next question tom which is about the the name i guess i it seems I, i'm assuming that it's perhaps quite obvious um in navigator but look i, I guess how did you you come up with the, the name to start with? Was it you alone or, you know, was uh, how many people were there at, at the start when you kicked off back in 2017? Uh, well, thank you very much for asking. Um, I don't know if I should even share. I, I know specifically where I was when the, when the name came to me and I struggled with it mightily. I mean, I was all look, I'm so that's so funny that you would have asked that I was all over the place with it. So. I have I, you know, grew up in New York here, but Irish heritage, both my parents uh, also mm. from New York, but all of our uh, lineage, you know, goes back to Ireland. So I thought, can I have this like kind of Irish special name that had a significant meaning to it? And people would always ask me about it. And so I had like two or three things I was kicking around, Googling le things left and right. Um, but I, uh, I don't know, I, I wish I had a great answer of why Navigator Bio came to me. I wanted Bio to be part of it, mm. but uh, and with the second it came to me that that's it, right? That's what we're trying to do is trying to help these clients more often than not, maybe early startup groups navigate this really complex ecosystem in some mm -hmm. ways, right? Uh, once you spend time in it, and I don't need to tell either one of you guys, it really starts to become very clear and you understand, oh, these, these are the top five CROs. These are the top 20 pharma. But early on, and when you're focused on an AI platform for drug discovery, which is really important and detailed, you're not so concerned with those things. So how do we help those groups navigate this complex ecosystem and try to get their brand built as quickly and as efficiently as possible? Um, but it was in Pennsylvania. I was at a hotel and um, I don't know, it finally just came to me, but it was a good three or four weeks of kind of, uh, of, of frustration before it came. I like it though, Adam, you know what this reminds me of? The, the Almost the simplicity of this and how long it, it took Tom to stumble across that is... Um, one of our former guests, uh, Scott Stout from Medvector, always talks about simplicity being the ultimate complexity. Um, yeah. And sometimes to, to, it's probably like now you look back at it, you think, actually, why did I not think of that immediately? But as you say, sometimes what's so simple is so hard to stumble across. So, no, I, I like that um, story. So, look, um, 2017, look, we're in a completely different world um, now. How many were, how many, I guess individuals uh, were part of, of Navigator at, at the beginning. Um, and what do, what do things look like now? You know, um, you, know you're, you're, you mentioned going to the CMS Summit uh, just recently. Um, look, how, how is business going? Um, give us a snapshot of what the company looks like, what your life looks like um, as the CEO right now. Yeah, sure. No, thanks again, James. Uh, so I'm uh, not crying in my soup. It was myself and a friend uh, of mine who were going to start Navigator Bio. Um, I guess at the time he smartly chose to follow his wife's uh, urging to, to not do this and <laughs> with the 401k. So uh, not too long before October 4th, he uh, chose not to, to participate. We're still very close friends. We may have gone four or five months without a, a phone call or a text to, until I got my act together in the, on the business. 
but uh, still really close friends uh, till this day. Um, and so it was, I, I did start it uh, on my own. Um, mm. Those first few uh, weeks. No, thanks, man. It's uh, very interesting and trying to go out and get clients and you're looking at this guy and he's thinking, I don't know if I should do this. And you're like, I mean, talk about sales, right? I was like, what can I say to this person before they get back on their plane to go to India to, to, to lock them in as a, as a client? And the next time I get a chance to talk to them is two months out if I don't get them right now. So uh, some really intense uh, first few weeks just to get things going. Mm. Uh, and candidly, it, it took us a, a while longer than I would like to admit to get the a lot of the efficiencies ironed out, right? We've had some, had some great months in 2018, and we had some valleys as well. So that was really important to me uh, to iron those out. I think we've done a, a decent job of that, especially over the last 24 months. It's mm. an ongoing thing for still a building company. Um, but right now, today, we are 11 folks, uh, which we're pretty excited about. Uh, we're always working on the process. I'll uh, kind of geek out on you guys here a little bit is uh, Navigator Bio is about two things. It's about a strong network and a strong process. And if you ask me to choose between those two, I would choose process any day of the week. Uh, because I think that comes with the sophistication. I think that comes with being able to repeat it. If you have a lot of friends, great. And we'd love to meet them, especially if they work at Covance and Ikevia, then I definitely want to meet your buddies, but we're all <laughs> going to run out of our friends, right? You're going to run, you're going to get to a point where you're like, I, I can't take anybody more to lunch. I'm out. And then where's the value? But if you have that strong process and you can teach people how to run a process of how to get our brands, our clients in front of the right people, then you're off to the races, right? So, so that's- could, Are you um, able to share any of that, I guess, secret sources it may be? Because look, I'm in agreement, like the process, the process is, is almost everything. As you say, anyone could have a great network, but what would you advise if you were to start again? You know, it's those processes that get you to where you are now. So mm -hmm. yeah, what's what's been the the- the the blueprint the secret source to navigate a bio if you can yeah tell us without giving too much too much away to any competitors that may may well try to tune in <laughs> no not at all and i i would share um i'm laughing more because if i could say it in 30 seconds man i i we could make a lot you you and i could write a book and and we'd be, <laughs> we'd be playing a lot of golf together. Um, no, I, I guess to, to be able to answer the question is like, you know, just really pay attention as much as you can early on to, to what's going on. And that's an obvious point, but, but what's working uh, really be as, and once you're really organized and really detailed with that, like to, to map out why a deal went to a signed contract and then to map out why something kind of fell off the tracks I think that's really important and it's really difficult to do because the only thing you want to do when you're started is like next thing, right? Next thing. And you got 75 categories that you're trying to cover and to pick one and say, I'm going to really, you know, drill down on this. You're going to get beat somewhere else. And that's just going to happen. Right. So it's like, it's so hard to tell somebody who's starting off to just kind of say, you got to devote yourself to this, knowing you're going to get beat somewhere else, but it's probably worth it. Right. So we're, we're sales guys at the end of the day, on our team so to follow that process man i wish i had done that sooner it's, right it's, it's that fomo feeling isn't it it's that fear of missing out and i've regularly spoken to adam about this and say said that i over the years i've turned down so many opportunities but that's all that they've been i've not necessarily turned down the business it's just the opportunities and i think the one thing that i always um my partner and i used to 
just run through every morning when we went for our 5am walks together, which doubled up as our kind of business meetings when we started, was what are we doing? What works? What doesn't? And then we would just take all of our energy and put it into what was working and just ditch what wasn't. And that was just how we got into this mentality of, you know, inch wide, mile deep and, you know, not having that fear of missing out because we we're like, that's not working. That is not, that's one of the things. And that's how we could very clearly set our process and just kind of streamline into to what we, what we did. Hmm. And so it sounds as though you were doing the same thing. Adam, it looks like you've got a point there as well. Yeah, Tom, you, you talked about following a process and making it repeatable. And it, it resonates really strongly with a couple of books that we've been talking about recently. One, one is Atomic Habits. I don't know whether you're familiar with it, but I've just been listening to it while I've been walking my dogs over the last couple of days. And that talks about the process, following the process, making it reproducible, but also identifying where the gaps are in that process or indeed where the improvements, those marginal gains can be made within those particular processes. And that sounds like what you're speaking to, which is make it repeatable, better it, better it, and do it time and time again. And the more you do something in that manner, the more honed your approach becomes to the outcome, doesn't it? And it sounds like that's what you're describing, Tom. Yeah, and you articulated it far better than I, I have ever have uh, and did here today. But uh, that that is exactly right. And it's like, I, I love it. So it, I wish I had more time where you could stop everything else and take every Tuesday to be like, I'm going to work on process. Wouldn't that be a wonderful thing? But we, we don't have that time. That's the, that's the point, isn't it? So you, you've just got to do the right things time and time again, repeatedly to get that systematic flow through whichever process you're following bingo bingo uh, you know two things just to thank you for sharing that i think i have seen that book atomic habits but that was a great it's amazing book. make sure i get my hands on it uh i read an article not a book an article about nick saban who's the head coach of the alabama football team who just keeps you know they're basically in the final four just about every year and have won the championship more often than not and it was all about his process and it was, he got to the point where I'm like, I don't even think that guy's working that hard because he set the process up the right way. And every guy that the backup kicker knew that if he didn't do what he was supposed to do, that he'd be gone. Right. And like yeah. everybody had their job and everybody and you could just see that it was a well-oiled machine, really a good article. That because had his, you, you should exactly be able to uh, parachute other people into the same positions and do the same thing. Because if they're following that process, as you've described, it should just be a like for like, shouldn't it? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. What you like, maybe I'm a weirdo, but like what you just described, like it just gets me excited. And like, if you can get that to that point and all the opportunities that are out there and the folks that have not been able to accomplish that, like, man, that that's, that's exciting. That, that gets me going. It, it's, it's all, Likewise. I think it's, as entrepreneurs, it's all we're trying to do, isn't it? It's be smarter faster and better and produce better outcomes and ultimately you know we will succeed as entrepreneurs and as independent individuals who set up our own organizations companies and and, and processes for ourselves doing those things time and time again reaps dividends i know james and i talk about it again all the time don't we because yeah you know what my, my, my dad says about it adam he always, and he always has said about me in particular, he's like, oh, it's, it's because you're lazy, but give the laziest man the hardest job and he'll find the easiest way to do it. And <laughs> I, I was like, 
Yeah, you're, you're, you're about right there. I mean, I don't think I'm lazy, but I don't I've think you're lazy that, at all. That lazy, but I know what you that mean. La- that lazy maybe mentality where I'm like, no, why are we doing it like that? We could do X, Y, Z, and, and it's so much better. I mean, I think in future, I'd love a gig like that where I'm just going into maybe struggling businesses and saying, what again, what are you doing? What works, what doesn't? And then just implementing new processes and system. I'd, I'd love that sort of thing because right. it was how much fun would that be, right? Dare I say it, I've done that fairly recently in in auditing a couple of companies, and that's exactly been the approach. You peel back the onion layers until you get to the quality, and then ultimately you produce an audit report that tells them what they could be doing better, (laughs) and then they they crack on and do that. And, of course, they they win work on the back of it if they're selected and they're good enough, Um, but they've had someone come in and analyze their processes, their systems, and the way that they're performing their work and and then effectively given a blueprint to improve but that's what auditing is basically isn't it right yeah i've never thought about it that way adam you've just made auditing sound a whole lot more glamorous so sexy. Than, than, what, than what i've, <laughs> I've thought of it i think auditing, and i think you know kind of yeah middle-aged guy who's going to walk in in like a brown suit or something you know really stereotyping here but that is not how i pictured auditing that's not me you should go you should hook up with tom and see if you can sell auditing on a, as, a, as a side gig we can put it in oh, as a point on the website you know I, I hire out for that we don't do it too often but i hire out because i'm not comfortable now that you said the way you said it though adam i might pull wow. that back and say uh, like i said it's about the communicating style isn't it tom? Right. it's all about finding finding the message finding the message for your audience cool so let something occurred to me a little bit i apologize james is like you know think about that process like it's really hard right like what you just said the way you articulate is it's great and when it goes well like there's nothing better for business from my standpoint but like it's almost like what gets these big companies in trouble not all of them but a lot of them like the 401k like you already set up like if you don't have to do it like it's easy to just be like, you know what? I'm fine. I'll get in line here and I'll, and I'll do what they've asked me to do. So I almost find like, you know, that necessity to have to do it really kicks out, you know, the innovation aspect, right? Of where yeah. you're really finding a way to get that process set up. There, there is there is very little innovation. The larger the company and the, the greater the levels of bureaucracy and yeah. reporting lines effectively, that's where the all the energy gets lost in the translation of, um bureaucracy isn't it really that's effectively what you lose and that's what i think we all gain from being our own bosses is is taking leadership and ownership of those things and and deciding to james's point exactly what we want to do and what we don't want to do and what we chuck away and we say that's a waste of my time and i'm just going to crack on on this route because this is the one that makes sense to me Hmm. and i'll live and die by that Mm. Yeah, Tom, just coming back to, uh, I guess, how things are, are going. So it started off, it, it was just yourself. Um, as I say, it must have taken a lot of balls to do that. And um, I know just how hard it is to start with. I mean, for me, I hugely underestimated how well it was going to go in the first six months. You know, I'd gone from billing, you know, more in a quarter um, than most of my uh, colleagues would do in a year to I did nothing in six months, like not a penny. And I was just like, where's this mortgage payment coming from? Um, So look, it sounds as though things are going well, you're back out at conferences, 
Um, you're having people call you on your on your on a mobile while you're on a podcast. You know, <laughs> things things clearly Twice. are looking up. But look, what would you say have been the, the biggest challenges that you've perhaps faced during that growth period and certainly over the last 18 months? Because there's been everything's been up in the air. Yeah, no, thank you. So at the risk of being redundant, the, the biggest challenge was that process and it might continue on today, right? It's always evolving. There's always different challenges, COVID, right? That messes with your process that you had set up. So building that process was, was the most stressful part of it. Uh, the second one was uh, identifying the right people, right? And I think early on, especially when you're alone, it's like, you know, people, I'll take you, let's go and we'll figure it out. And you, are you really vetting it the right way? And, and are you, from my standpoint, was I training them the right way? Was I investing enough time? No, I know I wasn't. And that was a big learning lesson for me also. It's just to anticipate that people are kind of going to figure it out at some point. And that's not fair mm. either. So that's an area where I, I think I've grown as a leader and, and still need to kind of keep an eye on that when things start to move so quickly. Uh, but to your point about COVID, James, I'll be honest, and I, I don't always feel comfortable speaking about it because it was... Uh, a dreadful, obviously dreadful, dreadful thing. And I would never speak light of it, but it, uh, from a business standpoint, I can't use it as an excuse, uh, much like I'm just, I'm sure most of the world, those first few weeks, a year and a half or so ago, I'm like, this is it. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, but it's not going to be good. It's going to be terrible. Mm. Um, our industry, life sciences, pharma, biotech pivoted in a way that, uh, I don't, I don't think you can overspeak how amazing it was, how pe people, uh, we're still able to get things done. So from a business development standpoint, we were still able to operate. Zoom is wonderful. I, I, I'll pound the Zoom drum all day. Uh, I drove down to New York City yesterday for an hour and 15 minute meeting that took me all day because it takes three and a half hours to get down there. It was worth it, but it was all day. Um, so um, yeah, it, it wasn't uh, terrible from a COVID standpoint. It's um, it created some flexibility, I think in certain ways. Uh, than anything else but um yeah it's uh I, I like you know it's been interesting for everybody right so it, it's difficult but uh i don't know how you guys feel about the remote uh meetings versus uh being in person do you feel strongly strongly one way or another i i i mean james you answer first and then i'll i'll give you my experience um, as well. i'm a little bit of both i guess as a as a sales professional naturally i always find that you're going to get better results if you're in the same room as someone but for, for me as and how I run my business now and my lifestyle, the, the online um, gig suits me way better than before. So could my results be better if it was person to person? Probably, but I can now get more results, you know. So <laughs> it's like, do I want that ratio or do I want that volume? Um, so, yeah, I, I think I've, yeah, for me now, I, I love the, the Zoom setup. It's, it works a treat. Mm -hmm. I'll follow on from that. So similar to you, Tom, you know, it, it's impacted me personally and professionally in very different ways. I've been very fortunate that my family have been safe in this period of time. But as you say, life science has changed and pivoted like, like it's never seen before. And there has never been a time like this for life science. There just hasn't. Technology and drug development are absolutely at that sweetest spot. And because everything is centered around finding a cure, finding a vaccine. And it's brought people around a virtual table that have never been around that virtual table together. We wouldn't be having this conversation today on this platform were it not for COVID. That's the bottom line. And we 
come to this point time and time again, don't we, James? But the, the fact of the matter is, is that if, if you are good at what you do, it doesn't matter what medium you use to do that. Hmm. And actually, the time that you, we are all saving by not getting on planes, trains and automobiles over the last two years has translated itself into more productivity, more output and ultimately more billing. That's the bottom line, isn't it? Hmm. You know, think about that example that you gave, Tom, of, of yesterday. That's exactly the reason why I haven't gone to any conferences that have just opened up very recently, because actually I can't justify it to myself. Yeah. At the moment, I can do more, be more productive and create more content, whatever that may be, as it stands at the moment, than, than if I were in an actual room with people. And I love being with people because I'm all about connecting with individuals. And when I have had the opportunity to meet with the people that I'm working with, my goodness me, it's been extraordinary. But actually, we could never have foreseen what, what we've all experienced this last two years. You know, if sim, similar to you, Tom, you know, at that point, I remember hunkering down, saying to my wife and kids, look, we don't know what we don't know, but what we do know is we're just going to shut the door and we're just going to look after one another, okay? And that's the most important thing here. And honestly, at that point, if I hadn't worked for the next two years and I was still alive, I'd have taken that. Mm -hmm. Now... I couldn't possibly, none of us could possibly have foreseen how this would play out. And, and, and I've directly benefited from the experience, actually, because, you know, I'm doing some incredible work with some amazing companies right now hmm. in and around vaccines. That would never have happened. You know, it's, it's extraordinary. It and, extraordinary. The, uh, the technology, right? People complain about you know, Zoom and everything, and I'm one of them, right? But like what's happening right now, right, is that uh, this would have happened three years ago. We would have figured out a time to set it. I would have gotten on an airplane and flown over to see you guys, and we would have gone to a hotel and all that, right? But this is uh, it's just tough to beat. I, I think when people are having the conversation, like, no doubt, face-to-face, -face, great to have a sandwich with somebody, that's the way to go, right? But when you're having that discussion, you have to factor in the airplane, right? The hotel, the time that you can't jump onto another Zoom after that meeting is over. Um, I think all factored all in, um, it's a better route. And I, the other piece I'll say is I think a lot of people who are critical of it don't give it to do. Like right now, just talking to you guys, clear background, clear setup, videos on, right? I think some people are kind of uh, going at it half half style, and then yeah. you, you get what you put in, right? Exactly. As but with, also as with everything, isn't it? I think Adam. Exactly, but but to James's point, you know, he's he's pivoted his business. This platform is incredible because now that we have connected in the virtual sense, we know categorically between the three of us that we would get on in a work setting, in a fun setting, outside of a virtual setting. So. You kind of do that, you do the little kind of um, the meet and greet bit, you rub off the edges and you know you can get on with these people, you know you can do the work together. Do you see what I mean? It kind mm. of breaks down those barriers and creates connections that possibly you'd never have had in a, in a real world setting. 100%. I think so. And yeah, I guess for, for yourself, Tom, I, I guess... Um, yeah, getting out and about because conferences seems like it's it's a big part for you, for you. It's a huge platform. You know, if you're there and, you know, particularly if you're on stage, you know, for, for anything, uh, it's it's a stadium pitch, isn't it? You know, the whole audience is your prime um, audience that you would be looking to do business with. So it's such a good platform for you to, to be getting out on, on those. Um, 
So I'm sure that you'll be very active with that. But look, what are the plans or what are the, the, the plans for, for you, for Navigator Bio, as we head on into Thanksgiving, to the holidays and into to 2022? Because, um, yes, yeah, there's not many days left now. Less, less than 50, I know for sure. I don't know the exact amount, but um, what are the plans for yourself? Yeah, no, thank you very much. So uh, one of the plans, and I, I hope I stick to it, is uh, you know setting up that 2022 plan uh, leading in to 2022, right? Not January 9th or worse, coming back from JP Morgan on a plane and trying to figure out, okay, what's the plan? And now you're 12, 15 days in, right? So, uh, and I think I've been better about this over the last year or two is December 15th, December 20th, you start to already do some of those activities that are changing the way you want to go that's going to adopt this new approach. Uh, we are going to, and be careful not talking to both sides of my mouth here, but we're going to make an investment into our digital approach so that we can feel more confident when we say, you know what, that conference looks great. It's just not for us. We're going to be a little bit more efficient here this week by being here. Uh, and then the second piece is we are going to identify, we're going to keep a really close eye in 2022 on the conferences and see what the return on investment is. Uh, I'd like to get it down to somewhere between five and seven conferences a year. And I think there's value to going to the same ones each year. And there's pockets within these conferences. I think I alluded to it before, but the same people who go to JP Morgan go to the bio conference, which will be out in San Diego in June. And it gives you that chance to truly build that, you know, maybe uh, layered relationships, as I like to call it, right? You're really mm. trying to see somebody a second, third, and fourth time. Uh, the relationship starts to change quite a bit. So uh, we have a lot going on. We have one pretty exciting project. Um, you know, Miami mentioned here, uh, there's an investment group that's going to be based in Yale, uh, uh, has relations to Yale, excuse me, it'll be based in New Haven that we're really excited about. And I'll be looking to share more over the next couple of weeks, but that's critical uh, for that organization right now, some of the activities that are going on. And then a few other things as well that need to be wrapped up the right way. But I would say by December 15th, we will be finalizing our plan for 2022 and really starting to take on some of those early activities as the year ends. Fantastic stuff. Well, it'll be interesting to see how it all pans out. As you say, sometimes having a plan is, is one thing. Sticking to it is, is the next. Um, but it sounds like you're a man who is yeah, very much focused on the process. So I'm sure that you'll, you'll follow through with that. And um, yeah, if you take up mine and Adam's advice to check out Atomic Habits, uh, that will be absolutely um, nailed in. Um, but look, Tom... Thanks return the favor real quick on a book I, I wanted to mention earlier in the conversation but it's um uh change, uh switch how to change when change is hard by uh chip and dan keith brothers uh it sounds like you may have read it adam or it's bringing maybe. it's bringing a bell and actually you, you've jumped ahead you... I, I was going to say a switch i recognize that book i think we might yeah. have heard or, or was it the jump from rachel jones of a few weeks yeah um, she talked about the jump yeah um but yeah tom um before we let you introduce your book, um, look, we normally end the show anyway with some quick fire questions. Oh, man. Um, and one of them will cover your book. But look, we might as well jump up the order. You know, we're all we're professionals here now. We're professionals. Um, we're on the fly. So, we just adapt. Yeah. Look, to tell us. Tell us about this book. So it's called The Switch. Who's do you recall who it's by or? Yeah. So it's two brothers, Chip and Dan Heath. They have a series of books. Um, I'm looking at a couple of them over here right now. Um, but yeah, I would definitely check out their whole, whole portfolio. I think they started with Fast Company magazine, uh, mm -hmm. which I used to really like. I don't know if it's still out there. I hope that it is. What a great magazine. Yeah, Fast Company magazine is the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Great. 
Uh, I think they had written for those guys and then started these books. But uh, Switch is just about looking at a process. I think there was one uh, certain country that had a certain diet set up and they were, you know, ended up being a, a bit overweight by it. And they made like one or two just really small tweaks to what was going on. They mm. changed from white rice to brown rice and how the health levels just like really increased after that. Wow. Um, that's just one example, but I think it goes through about eight to 10 examples. They keep it really interesting. It's actually genuinely funny at certain points. So it's got a definitely a business feel to it, but uh, I just, I love the book. I recommend it quite a bit. Small changes, big impact by the sounds of it. That's it, right? Looking at the yeah. process, you have to change everything, you have to tear the house down, but if you just kind of sealed this window the right way, is that going to help the heating bill? Yes, right? So like it yeah we're, we're big on things like that aren't we adam with the, the small changes big um marginal gains yeah it's about the marginal just, it, gains. it all adds up yeah i, I mean one add, me add up your marginal gains is, is the compound effect but look to officially kick off our quick fire round um then tom you're you're too fast for us uh look i'll, I'll kick us off which is what is the, the the one piece of advice that you'd perhaps give to your younger self uh patience I guess it would be patience, right? Um, again, I think I've been saying it too much about talking on both sides of my mouth, but it's, you know, it's good to be persistent. It's good to move quick. You almost have to move quick, right? As an entrepreneur, uh, but like, you know, go maybe a little bit easy on yourself, right? Just realizing, uh, you know, identifying when you get those wins and, uh, you know, taking a moment to celebrate them and, uh, you know, mark them as a bench point before you get going again. Cool. Right. I, like, I like that. I could have done with that at some points in my life, I think bit of patience <laughs> so um I'll, I'll move on to the next question so what are the three qualities there i asked that you value most most when building a team tom uh so please uh, i don't know my much for my parents right so please and thank you right like right out of the gate the way people they cost are, nothing Man has cost nothing. actually um, we should go back and count the amount of thank yous that we've had from from tom on this and show no, every, incredible. On, you're, on every question you're going to win you'll be up there as our yes. most thankful ever guest i think correct <laughs> no no not at all um but uh just simple stuff right you, so you meet with somebody first time it's it, you got to get a thank you note out it's uh you know it needs to be set up the right way it doesn't have to be uh two pages long but uh, that small stuff is is really important to me um you know, maybe along those same lines, it's just, you know, the ability to, to, to build relationships, right? Uh, and different people do it different ways. So that's really important when I'm, uh, when I'm looking at uh, potential group uh, candidates that may be coming in our door. Uh, and then I guess I'll say that there's probably a few to choose from on the third one, but it's persistence, right? It's uh, picking something off and saying you're taking that project on. And if you come into a challenge and you come back to us and let's have a discussion about it, but you better have some potential solutions for it, right? And, uh, and, and with the attitude that this door is getting kicked in one way or the other. I like that. I like that a lot. And look, from, from my side, Tom, look, we, we often talk, uh, the focus of the podcast is, you know, your personal and professional journey. There's always a big focus on the business side of things. Um, but look, what do you like to do to, to relax? What's your favorite thing outside of work? I know you mentioned golf um, earlier on, um, but look, talk us through your outside interests. Yeah, there's not a lot of golf these days, unfortunately. Uh, my, my life would be uh, on the line. We have uh, four children running around this house. Uh, wow. Yeah. Gosh. 
Uh, I shouldn't say that we have three and then one, we had a baby in August, on August 10th. Uh, so I have three girls. Congrats. Thank you very much. Nine, eight, six. And now Benjamin is a uh, two months old or a little bit beyond that. So um, that's me, man. I don't know. It's just, it may not be that exciting. Nine, eight, six. Wow. And, and running a, a business of 11. Yeah, just a quick story along those lines, which is probably going to bank, bankrupt me. But um, my, uh, I don't spend as much time with the baby as I would like. I, I committed to being able to do that. But over the, about two Saturdays ago, I'm watching a college football game and baby starts getting worked up. And I just was like, I don't want to do this. My oldest daughter walks in the room and I'm like, I'll give you 10 bucks if you can pick him up and make sure he's okay. And as I said it, I, it occurred to me, I'm like, that's gotta be like the eighth or ninth time I've said that to her. I'm like, I'm going to end up with an invoice on my laptop one day from my oldest daughter being like, Hey dude, you know, you owe me some <laughs> I hope she's not keeping track. Brilliant. Love that. Uh, there, there are, it sounds like you've got the full set now, Tom. So you, you can, you can put, put your tools away, right? <laughs> I, the, tools, the tools need to be put away it's i would have been very happy with a fourth girl to be honest with you when, the, when i found out it was a boy I, I didn't lose sleep that's worked out very well but uh yes the game is over uh it's time to uh to wrap this up this is the ryan family here for the next uh 20 years <laughs> uh congratulations by the way Congratulations on the full set. Um, it, it, it seems it seems it seems appropriate to uh, at, the, at this point ask you ask you the uh, the number one golden rule in in life and business is it is it knowing when you're done? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well said. So I can't give that advice, right? Because uh, now I'm 44 years old and I have a baby in the house, so I'm not sure how I'm going to uh, to work through that. But um, so are you asking what my golden uh yeah i mean your your general golden rule in life and business it sounds like you're highly principled and you know you you come from a very strong heritage where where you believe in in, in some very strong principles and values and I, I completely adhere to those as well myself so you know yeah no thank you very much it's um you know i, I think and maybe it's not in the right order but i feel compelled to, to optimize what you're able to do right uh, not to be too deep, but you're, you're put on this planet. And if you feel strongly about something, you owe it to yourself and a lot of other people to make sure that you optimize that, that output, whatever it is, if you're playing golf, if you're a swimmer, if you're an entrepreneur trying to run a business, uh, I think that's the most important thing. And, you know, everybody has their own way of kind of grading that. And then the second thing is just doing all of that by, you know, being a good person, right? Yeah. I have you know, four brothers and sisters that, uh, Candidly, that relationship has been strained by this business. So that, that's an area of focus for me on a personal level, 2022, uh, as we head back towards that. But uh, it's a lot of time, right? What we're trying to do here just takes an enormous amount of time and uh, unfortunately becomes the focal point and the paramount thing that you want to work on. And uh, to be very candid, some things can be impacted by that. So it's really important to protect that while, while trying to optimize the business, right? Absolutely. Well, it, life is a juggle, isn't it? It's a juggle. We're spinning plates all the time. Um, wh whether you're a parent, a husband, a director of a company, yes. all of these things call upon your time, don't you? Yeah. No, that's it. And it's uh, been a great reminder the last year and a half, right? The importance of family. So I think it's an exciting time Absolutely. for us to for all of us to be coming out of this the way that we have. Obviously, different people have been impacted different ways, but 
across the board, uh, taking it back to life sciences, what these organizations have accomplished is just nothing short of remarkable. And it's, uh, gives us all a great chance, I think for 2022 and beyond. Fantastic. Well, look, Tom, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. As I said um, earlier, I think you're certainly one of the, the most humble, politest gents that, we, we, that we've had on. And um, look, that came across from, yeah, even, even your initial outreach to me on, on LinkedIn. Uh, but look, for any of our audience that are looking to, to reach out to you, connect with you, I know that I'll perhaps have um, various contacts that I'll, I may well be able to introduce, but what's the best way to get hold of, of you? Website, LinkedIn, what, talk, talk us through your, your details there. Yeah, thanks so much, James. Is, uh, LinkedIn is certainly a good way. And then uh, thomas.ryan at navigatorbio.com uh, on the email is, is probably the number one way to go. So uh, no, thanks for the opportunity. Appreciate it. Well, look, thanks again for being part of the Puxley Morton podcast. Yeah, guys, thanks so much, Tom. Great to meet you. Thank you. I really enjoyed it, guys. Thanks so much. Good man.